let's talk about turning content marketing from a cost center into a profit center. Because most companies think of content marketing really wrong. They think it's too expensive. They say, I don't want to manage or invest in it. Uh, they say, what's the ROI of this one blog post or a podcast? And they mentioned that the barrier of entry is difficult. And another you know, sort of common fears that come along when you're developing a content marketing plan, especially when it revolves around video or podcasting, is that we don't have the right equipment, we don't have the right talent, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But all of these are really misconceptions because we should be reframing that mindset of thinking about content marketing as a cost center and instead turning it into a profit center. And that's really the crux of what this conversation is going to be about because I wanted to show you a clip from a recent podcast. It's the All In Podcast. It's really, it's, it's one of my favorite podcasts um, that's out there. It's only been around for about a year now, but it's already rocketed to the top of the charts. And it has, you know, basically four very successful investors that they're giving their opinions on the you know, geopolitics and news of the world. But they were recently talking about this one sort of situation where Kim Kardashian, she is obviously one of the most famous people on the planet. Um, she has several businesses of her own, but she really got her start in... Well, she got her start in other ways that we can't mention on this show, but she has developed that into several different uh, businesses and, and influencer-led businesses. So that's sort of the background of this conversation because now that because of her, you know, sort of, uh, I guess, presence as, you know, a billion dollar woman who has the investing capabilities, she's now turning that into a VC partnership. And so let's go ahead and play this clip. It's a little bit of a long one, but let's play it from the All In podcast on why content marketing is important. Why I think, here's why I think this is so important. Go. I, I have a really strong belief that in the next 30 years or so, all traditional brands are going to die. And I think that um, what we're seeing happening right now with the, with the power of um, democratized media, like us creating a podcast, there are hundreds and now thousands of individuals who have stood up and created their own brand and their own presence because of the content that they create on Twitch, on Twitter, on YouTube, etc., on podcasting. And as a result, they become the trusted sources of influence, and it's why they're called influencers. And ultimately, these influencers are becoming the brands. They can, like Mr. Beast launched a chocolate bar, became like the number one chocolate bar in the country. He just opened up a burger restaurant last week. 10,000 people showed up. Number one, no, more than that, like 100,000 or something. It was insane. It was like the number one burger restaurant uh, opening, or number one restaurant opening in history. Um, Kylie Jenner launches a makeup brand, takes off, becomes this billion dollar brand. Kim Kardashian launches a clothing brand, becomes a $3 billion brand. These are not just brands, they're businesses. And here's what I think is the most prescient M&A transaction of 2022. And you guys can tell me I'm crazy. I think the most important M&A deal of 2022 was when Penn Gaming bought Barstool Sports. Because it shows that every consumer packaged good or every consumer services business ultimately needs to be a content business. And if you don't naturally have content creation in your blood, you have to go and buy a content business or you are going to die. And that's why I think all traditional brands that aren't oriented and built around content creation as their primary differentiating foundation will not survive and will not be able to compete effectively. And instead, what we're going to see is influencers and um, individuals that create content, build and distribute consumer goods and consumer services in a more efficient way, because guess what? 
They've got distribution built in. Distribution and distribution in, is the number one problem with all consumer services and all consumer goods. So I think in the future, it's all, advertising, yeah. all advertising and marketing gets replaced by content creation. And content creation direct to consumers through the, the social media platforms becomes the mechanism by which people are aware of and buy goods and services. Chimaf, so that's why I think this deal is so important. And I think it's, a, it's, a, it's another one of what we're seeing in 2022, which is the stacking away towards the end of nameless, faceless brands and the evolution of the influencer. That is a very powerful, long-winded clip, but it comes from the All In Podcast. Once again, highly, highly recommend that show. It's changed really a lot of my, my business acumen and upgraded, I guess, a lot of my business acumen. So I 100%, as someone who's been involved with content marketing for years, have seen these trends happen in sports and entertainment first. And now we're seeing it really evolve and really take off in the B2B sort of space. And that anytime something happens in the B2C space, then it eventually and sometimes slowly evolves into the B2B space. But because of how rapidly all of these different technologies and all of these different strategies are evolving, we're now seeing B2B sort of adopt these things much more quickly. And you're seeing that resonate throughout the entire market. And so there was another thing that I wanted to bring up, and that's Forbes magazine just posted their inaugural, so first time ever, inaugural top creators of 2022, where they give a ranking not just based on your social media following, but they ranked each one of them on their entrepreneurial skills saying the creator economy is significant in both its growth trajectory and its impact and already having access across entertainment and commerce says Jeremy Zimmer CEO and founder of United Talent Agency we're seeing dedicated audience forging direct relationships with influencers celebrities and tastemakers who are innovating and delivering content people want in their lives every day these relationships can have a long-term value that can be very meaningful. And so when you have an, an institution like Forbes magazine, which you can kind of make the case on whether or not a lot of their different lists of what they, you know, that pay to play model, that of course is, you know, we can have an entire show based on, on that different strategy. But the fact that they are making their first ever top creators of 2022 list and listing their entrepreneurial spirit, meaning the products that they are adding in addition to having the social media following. So both of those two, let's put it put in, in both of those different conversations because we've talked about you know the rise on this, this show, the rise of the B2B marketing influencer on LinkedIn and how a lot of different influencers are moving away from some of the traditional platforms such as Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat. And they're moving into the platforms that have people that have the money. And LinkedIn is absolutely one of those platforms. Now on yesterday's Freight Waves Now, I talked about how organic social media is still one of the most powerful things that your brand can, uh, that your brand can tackle, especially when it comes to LinkedIn and TikTok. That's where you have the most organic reach and supply chain companies and freight companies companies are already building on these platforms. You know, of course, about LinkedIn, but I'm still kind of shocked to find and speak to people that do not know or are not aware that supply chain companies and freight companies are already building on TikTok. And some of them have massive followings over on that platform. It is not just a dancing app. So knowing all of those different things, what does this mean for freight companies as a whole? What does this mean for you? How can you actually use some of these strategies that are going on in the B2C world and use them in B2B. That's what we're going to talk about next. It means you need to start creating content as a profit center, not a cost center. It's not going to be thought of as sort of this risky thing anymore. Think of it as a profit center. So let's look at a few examples, especially in the freight world. 
Chris Jolly started off as a content creator. Now he's the owner. He's obviously the owner of the Freight Coach, his, his media brand. But then on the other end, he's also the owner and the co-founder of Broker Carrier. So he added a product to his mix after he already had this media attention. Speaking of which, Cassandra Gaines with Carrier Assurance. That's another. She had a massive media platform and then she built a product to coincide with that. And so now you have these massive, a big product and a massive media reach. You are already solved your distribution when it comes comes to brand awareness and getting new users to the platform. And then myself with Digital Dispatch. And of course, we cannot mention any of this conversation without mentioning sort of the media company that started it all. And that's with FreightWaves and their Sonar products. FreightWaves started off with their Sonar product and then built the media arm behind it in order to reduce their CAC. And now they have, in several different reports, that they have several that they have a negative CAC now because of their media business. So that's all incredible things that are happening in the world of freight already when it comes to creators in this space. Now, you see a situation where sometimes the product comes first or maybe the content comes first, but there is a happy medium where you can mold the two together and understanding that you know even if a, a bad product, if you make a bad product or a good product, it doesn't really mean anything if you don't have the media arm behind it, and especially a media arm internal that can handle or that can, you know, conduct a lot of different interviews and case studies and make social media content that's relevant to the audience and the problem that you're solving. So those are all different use cases that exist already in the freight world. So you see this shift happening about how to, you know, how these companies are acquiring new customers and new business, but how do you actually get started. And the common phrase that I hear is, I could just hire anyone to come in and make LinkedIn posts for me. And that is further from the truth. You should not because the leadership and or company founder should be the one that's being the face and the voice of your company. You don't want to hire someone that's going to come in and talk about you and pretend to be you on social media because then people are going to DM you. They're going to reach out to you and they're going to feel a little... Uh, untrustworthy about the fact that, you know, the, the person who has been making these social media posts isn't the person that I'm communicating with and vice versa. You know, the person who is on uh, pretending to have a social media account and then gets a call from someone who sees your post and you don't have any awareness around it, that's also going to look bad. So it should be something that the founder and or executive team are prioritizing and they're building it into their workday. Next and most important thing that you need to do before you start any kind of marketing campaign or any kind of social media campaign is that you want to add to all of your forms. I'm going to say this again, and I've said it in several different shows, that you need to add a field to your website forms. How did you hear about us? Make it a free text field. Don't make it a drop down. Don't make it a checkbox. Don't lead with certain answers of what you think of where that person might have heard of you. Let it be a free text form field. Make it required. And then that way you get a tremendous amount of insights on whether they heard you on a webinar or they heard you on an interview or... Excuse me, they saw a social media post that you know your company had made. So the, all of these different platforms and the ways that you use marketing need to have a way to track that. And the most cost-effective way to do that is adding that field to your website forms. I'm going to say it until I see it on more websites because I frankly just don't see it enough and I don't see it being adopted enough. It's a $30. It probably cost a developer or cost you to pay a developer 30 bucks to add this into your website. So do not take that for granted. That is something that you should absolutely add into your site as soon as possible. Now, the next thing I would suggest is to start on social media 
LinkedIn now, TikTok next. Engage with people genuinely who are already active on the platform. Do not base your outreach initially when you're trying to get started on LinkedIn sales navigator and searching by job titles because what that gives you are people who may not be active on the platform. So you're likely going to have to do some pruning to your social media feeds in order to make sure you're following industry-relevant people. And that way, from there, you can start to comment on insightful posts. You can you know, leave an educational comment on somebody else's post. You can connect, send connection requests to the people who are actually active on that platform because then you know that you're connecting with people who are already liking and engaging with relevant industry content. So that is the next step that you should do. And if you have been on LinkedIn for a while, you probably or haven't been on LinkedIn in a while, then you probably think of it as a super spammy, just um, people looking for jobs type of social media platform. And yes, all of those things can still be true. So this is the reason why you're going to go through your feed and you want to make sure that you have a purposeful interaction with content that you want to see in the future. Unfollow the people who are crazy. Unfollow the people who are narcissists, who are you know crying CEOs and all of that stuff. Unfollow those people because that's only going to create a toxic environment for you whenever you log into a platform like that. Be diligent about your feed. So then that way you're seeing industry-relevant content that's not spammy and for people who are actually active on the platform regularly. So think of it as a way that you are training the algorithm. Now, after doing this for a couple of months, you'll likely have a really good idea of what is working well on the platform and what isn't. And then you should be keeping a list of all of the questions and the concerns that your clients and your leads are asking you. Keep a running list of those questions because then that way you have a general idea of what you should be talking about on social media. Because if one client has those questions or concerns, then it's probably a safe bet that more of your customers or more of your clients are dealing with those same issues. You can also use what's called the KLT method whenever you start creating your social media posts because you don't want to sound like a robot the entire time. Um, But I would argue that you could make the overwhelming majority of your posts anywhere from 70 to 80 percent of your posts, you want to have them knowledge-based. Make it about the customer and the lead. Don't really make it about yourself unless it really makes a ton of sense. And then the other part of that percentage base is posting content that you know is is rele- not really relevant, but shows things that you like, that you love. Um, also, you know, posts with vulnerability, like oh, I messed up this product launch. I messed up on a load today. Um, any of those type situations can be mixed in, but primarily make your content about education. And then I say this. All of this, it sounds probably like I, you know, I'm overwhelming the people who haven't gotten gotten started yet. And I completely under that understand that. Um, but that's where I would say that you need to really think about this simply. Start simple. Build it into your workday. Pick one social media platform that you're really gonna hone in first. LinkedIn is probably the best bet for the overwhelming majority of people watching this show. If you're trying to reach truckers, any other platform but LinkedIn. Now, with the caveat of that make your post about the customer first. We kind of already talked about that. There's sort of, you know, this thing about LinkedIn where it's a lot of narcissism and it's a lot of, you know, just cringy stuff. We don't want cringy stuff and we don't want to be the purveyors of cringy stuff. Last final tip, what I would say is that you want to build it into your workday. Start with the first, you know, sort of, you know, uh, 30 to minute, 30 minutes to an hour long um, of your workday. Figure out what you're going to post on LinkedIn, post on social media, craft the post, 
post it up onto the platform, and then you can check in periodically through the day as you have an extra five or 10 minutes, maybe on your lunch break or as the day ends. That's how you get it done and still do your job. Um, that because you're gonna have your things are gonna come up. You're gonna say, "Oh, I could just do this on my lunch." No, treat it as the important thing that it is, and that it's building awareness for your company and it's building lead awareness of a problem that you solve, so that in three months, and four months, maybe even six months, the person who read all of your posts throughout that time period now needs your help with the problem that you solve. So start simple. Pick one social media platform and really focus on the customer first. And you're going to stand out for the overwhelming majority of people that post the, the crap on LinkedIn because the overwhelming majority of people, I think it's something HubSpot had their inbound conference this week. And it's something like 71% of LinkedIn users think that the content that's posted on that platform is low value. And so to me, I see opportunity with that kind of a situation where if you just post something that's halfway decent, then you're will then you have so much higher of an awareness to everybody else that's on that platform. So with all of the growth of influencers, with all the content and the freight industry that we're seeing so far, that is my plan for the overwhelming majority or a plan that I think that a lot a lot of freight companies should be following and a lot of executives and founders of freight companies should be following because you have to ask yourself in a few years you know this this might be impo- this might be super expensive to invest in now it might be a little bit of a skill gap um, that you will get better at over time and it might cost you know money and time investment now but you have to ask yourself can you really afford not to do this when the entire market will be like this within the next five to 10 years. So that's my two cents on how to get started with content marketing and thinking of it as a profit center, not a cost center. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Everything is Logistics, a podcast by Digital Dispatch, where we help your company build a better website. And speaking of my company, I founded it back in 2018, but we recently streamlined our website services plans. So if you want to check out how we can help you and your marketing team build a better website and connect those ROI goals, then go visit digitaldispatch.io. You can also check out past episodes of this show and every show by hitting up the resources page on digitaldispatch.io or on everythingislogistics.com. I do some freelance content projects for select clients. And if you liked this show, then you might like some of the other content projects that I've worked on, like Cyberly, Maritime Means, and more. But until next time, I'm Blythe Brumleave, and I will see you real soon. Go Jags!